0: You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. All that's winners
1: is gold, only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley, here for TLT number one, the first TLT of the super coach season and it was a huge day today it's always really exciting when that four o'clock ticks over on the clock and you can run over and see how much we've gotten wrong on who we thought was going to start in teams and who we thought was going to be left out but it's been a pretty exciting tlt there's been quite a bit there i couldn't get anyone on other than billy for the first tlt of the season so billy welcome back on the podcast mate for tlt number one for the 2022
0: season Jesus, how many other bikes did you ask?
1: We went through three or four, but, um, but finally settled on, um, on who was available. So you're here, mate. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, <laughs> good to be back and talking some
1: footy again, mate. I thought the TLT was, overall is pretty meaty, to be honest. I don't remember yeah. what it being as meaty as it was, which is good because I think it's going to mean like different teams. Uh, and a lot of, like I know even just for myself, I've got massive decisions to make with all the different options from today.
0: Yeah, it was pretty generous, wasn't it? It's making it? I'm not making it easy, but it's making it a lot easier. I think I think we have a lot more than last year, don't
1: we? Yeah, there is. Um, but, like, I think it's kind of deceiving. Um, so my sort of take on it is there's definitely years that you've got a lot more cheapy cheapies. Like, I don't think we have very many bottom dollar cheapies, especially when you're talking centre wing. Like, I think it's a little bit of a fallacy that there's there's so many because you're paying sort of for the majority aside from maybe one or two and like one of them might even be a trap and we're going to talk about that but the majority of these guys are like 240 to sort of 320 so it's easy to throw all those in your center wing but it actually does take away quite a bit of ammunition to spend elsewhere because those guys aren't bottom dollar
0: yeah i think that's good though and on the flip side of it i think it's good that they're um, they're priced to that too so it's not you have a bit more of an understanding as to what you're going to sort of get from them. So even though they're cheap and they're going to make money, you're not flying into a completely blind. Like, both like Pennacine, you know, you can buy and make money, but you know that, you know, you don't.
1: Yeah, it is good because you do, you do have a bit more of a known quantity with those center wings. So um, that makes it a bit better. I think as well, like, I guess, the, you know, the glass half empty old school super coaches might say, oh, it got made a bit easier with all the options. But you can get to a point where there's so many options, where I reckon it makes it harder because you've got to really make decisions. Like it's not like you can just grab everyone. Um, and I know that I'm. That's really hard for me this TLT because there's a lot of guys that I'd like to have, but there's guys that have fallen out with injury, which we'll talk about. There's also guys that we thought were injured that are back in too. Like I, I just think there's so many options that it's actually going to make people have to make a lot of decisions more than what they normally do.
0: Yeah, I'm finding the most difficult decision this year is. Um... If you go back last year, the year before, I'd be, I'd be saying to myself, "Look, just go cheapy in the Crichton or something like that, 100% in the draw." But now I'm going, "Look, I really, I, I really want both of those sort of cows' edges and you know, mid-price for in the three quarters. So, uh, how can I get both those guys in based on their draw? And how can I figure out you know, which one is better? Um, how can I play both of them? How can I just play one of them? <laughs> how can I get rid of them? <laughs> There's so many different options.
1: Yeah, and the other thing too that's a little bit scary, and I don't think some super coaches would have seen it like this, but they're going to when this season starts, is when you've got guys that start like 100K above bottom level price point, so like the 280K type of guys, they look really cheap now because that's how much all the cheapies are. But when the season starts, you're going to see very quickly if some of these guys don't perform, they're not going to make very much money. And we saw that with Staines just last year, but we've got like you know, a dozen stains price type of guys and, and they could just stall and not make cash. And some of these guys may not be any good. And that's that's something that doesn't happen with the bottom the bottom dollar guys. And I think that we've sort of forgotten about that too. So trying to pick and choose is actually going to be a bit of an art this year. And I don't think, I think you're going to have to get a bit lucky with it as well. If you're going to leave some guys out and try and guess which ones are going to be the good ones.
0: Yeah, I think the difference is, though, the guys that are sort of around that price range aren't really sort of wingers. They're second rollers. So, you know, they're going to have sort of a floor of sort of you know, 40 in them and they're still going to make a bit of coin. They've got soft draw. And worst mm-hmm. case scenario, um, they're already they're already 100 grand higher or 200 grand higher than the absolute base price. So, they're already uh, a platform that someone else will work. If they make a bit of coin, they're going to mature a lot quicker. So, you can flip them really uh, a lot quicker than you can achieve. Even where you just got to milk them for every dollar they're worth. And they're pretty much useless.
1: until of sort of six or seven rounds in. Yeah, so I'm curious on, on your take on this for TLT too. I found when I was building my side, one of the things that I was thinking about, which has really come to the forefront in the last week, is I was sort of starting to look to have to cut buys, which everybody is doing at the moment. And you sort of look where you can cut to make some cash to get some of the guys in that you need. And when I was looking at it, I was actually going, you know what? I'm pretty worried about the weather over the next month. Uh, It's going to be pretty dire. And it's really bad in Sydney at the moment. Like where I am, it was basically flooding today almost. And not real flooding, but like real bad rain. And it's not letting up. So I was sort of thinking about that when I was picking the side. And these expensive Fords, uh, like even like the David Fafitas, the Angus Crichtons and so forth, I was really looking at all these mid ranges, going, well, if it's wet weather footy, it kind of evens that stuff up a lot. So you might have a, a you know a blue chipper on a 55 like a Fafida in, in a real wet weather game and like a, a mid-350 guy like a Luki on a 50. And I, I really started thinking about that a lot with this TLT when I was having a look at it and considering the weather just even this week.
0: Depends who they're playing, but I haven't looked... Like, I've obviously looked at the draw, but I can't remember whether they're home or away or not. But um, those are Queensland teams and it's pretty drafty at the moment, so it might be the flip side of that. Do you know if they're playing in Sydney or early?
1: Uh, I know that Marty was saying on the Dragons podcast just the other day that um that Brisbane has 23 out of 30 days of rain coming and that Sydney's got 24 out of 30 days of rain. So <laughs> that's kind of ringing in my head.
0: Uh, he told me that the other day when I was talking to him about about uh, about the punting and then um, I went and had a look at the the, uh, the forecast and <laughs> it was all sunshine. So I'm not sure where old mates got that one from.
1: Oh, you must have like a, a secret weather person that knows the real story on the weather.
0: Well, mate, they um, they sent our kids home from school last Thursday, and as well as last Friday, for fear of you know sort of massive um, storms. Um, it was thirty two, thirty three degrees all day, and I'm sitting here in a shirt outside on the rain, having a run, mate. <laughs> 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 Not sure where the rain is coming from.
1: Yeah, look, that's, I, I I am thinking about it a bit, and obviously half the comps in Sydney, so it's um it is something that's on my mind when I'm having a look at this TLT as well. Let's start to get. Let's start to dig into it. Go through it. What we're going to do this episode, everyone. We're going to go through TLT, old school. Each game, one by one. Have a look at the surprises, the team changes. Make some comments with the options that are there for Super Coach for this week and going forward. Being round one, captain options, um, and then also um, where we think some of these games are going to go. After the TLT chat, we're going to go straight into mine and Billy's teams and do a team reveal and we're going to discuss where our teams are at at the moment ahead of round one. So, packed podcast, let's get into it for TLT first up. First game of the round, Thursday night footy is back, cannot wait, it is the Panthers versus Seagulls. So, when we're looking at the big news for these two teams, Billy, I think for Supercoach, the, the biggest news is Nathan Cleary being out. And, look, to me, it's I thought that he was going to be out, and I kind of got sucked in the last couple of weeks to thinking that maybe he wasn't going to be. Um, but to me... It's almost a positive because I wasn't someone who initially had Cleary in and I had to make a lot of room a couple of weeks ago to get him in there. So to me, like, it's a lot of money that you can play with around your team. So it's made things a lot easier in a way. Um, yeah. but how, how did you feel about Cleary being ruled out now?
0: I was kind of hoping he would be in because I wanted, him, I wanted him just to play under a bit of duress or a bit of injury cloud or maybe a bit of pressure just to maybe drop a little bit of a coin um I'm also sort of happy that I don't have to go up against him. He's that he's the only guy that I kind of feared not owning and, and until Pappy got names now I don't have Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> but at least at least one's better than two, I suppose. Yeah, Jesus.
1: Well look, it's the other thing too is that I was kind of hoping or well, not hoping, but like I think it would have been a lot of a harder decision and really made things interesting if it was like he's he's out round one and they didn't say when they think he'll be back. Because I think some people, even if they said, "But maybe back round two, some people would have done the whole monster thing or grant thing and just said, "Look, I'm just going to put him in now and just carry." Yeah. And those people could get burnt, or it could pay off for them. You know, and yeah. it's like that—that that real big decision. Um, whereas they've said sort of round four, so nobody's going to start with him. So I'm a bit disappointed that they just came out with round four because I think it makes it a bit easier for everyone.
0: Yeah, but it's a, it's it's also a 17 to cover, not not a six. And like like you're saying, a um, month uh the, the, those premium guys are like monster around, only about six, so they've got to play someone at seven. So now, now it comes down. So, all right, so how cheap do you go, or what mid ranger do you do you have? And not everyone is sold on the same person. Like I see some people thinking about Walker at the price. Um, some people thinking about you know, putting SJ there versus Sexton there. there there's even, I've seen a couple mentions of DC going on left field with um, like you sort of type types. Um, uh, so. Uh, it certainly it certainly makes it a lot more interesting for round one.
1: That's for sure, mate. Yeah, I'm really struggling with my halves at the moment. I think that's the biggest problem now for me. Um, the Seagulls' side that's up against this Panthers' side is pretty much as we thought. So the big news is obviously uh, Bullamore did win that that starting second row spot. I'm still not sold that they're going to keep him there for 80 minutes, but if they do, you know that's going to be a big win for a lot of super coaches. Uh, and the other big news as well is that, holy moly, Oluquatu is back from injury. So, I mean, at least that's not going to trap anyone as far as who was going to replace him if he was going to come back next week. But but otherwise, everything looks pretty stock standard um, for this match as far as who was named aside from the Cleary bombshell. So the big guys that I think people need to focus on, and you can tell me whether you disagree. One, I do need to mention that Charlie Staines did get that wing position, which... I'm astounded by because it could have been either May or it could have been even Jennings at 220-odd K and that would have been a lot better. But we digress. I think Targo is pretty close to a must-have. He's like, you know, those guys that are sort of 250 to 300. He's a dual secondary forward center wing. He's got the starting center spot, as we thought. So, really, he's a guy out of both teams that I think that you need to start um, as far as the cheapies and mids go to make some cash. And the guy that I think uh, has rocketed in ownership is Koala who is touted as the fastest guy in the club and this massive speedster and whatever but he's been named in Jersey 14 so I'm really surprised that his ownership has rocketed by 20% and I'm going to say out of the cheap he's named in this one he's the guy that's actually the trap that I don't think people should be going for
0: yeah he might be the fastest over 80 metres that are not mate he's not the fastest
1: quarter. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to need Sabor Garrick to go out for, for him to actually get any meaningful minutes so yeah
0: I'm not I'm keen on your medal and leaving him completely out. I think there's way too many, not way too many, but a fair few options that you can go for with security uh, as opposed to him. Uh, Not the the worst. If you need a plug, he's basically playing one game. I'm not sure how many times you've seen in the past that someone is is only supposed to play one or two games and either plays out of their skin or someone else gets injured and before you know it, they're there for half the season. But, um, yeah, see, he's obviously one option leave for me. Before you go any further, though, you mentioned – the, the second row rotation. Like, do you really think that they're going to go from two 80-minute edges last year to all of a sudden one guy getting less?
1: Um, well, I just, I find it hard for someone like Buller who's who's been more of a middle when I always thought was more of a middle to go from being a low-minute player his whole career to, you know, going in and playing 80 minutes on an edge. Um, and I don't know whether that's really going to suit it. It's kind of almost like a Jack Hetherington type of deal where I just... I don't see him just going on the edge for the first time and just plugging out yeah. 80 minutes. And the other thing too is that, that Carl Lawton's on the bench who was meant to be in the running for that edge jumper. So, I mean, Jake Travojevic is going to play um, 80 minutes for them at 13. So, you've got Kepi and Paseka on the bench as, as front rowers. They're going to spell the two front rowers. So, where where does Carl Lawton play? Because um, he's yeah, going much. to have to play him, you know. So, I just don't see where they put him. But, I mean, Ola Kewatu could make a big, really big smokescreen of it all because he's been injured. They might go easy on him for the first couple of weeks and then Bullemore takes a hit later on.
0: This might take Cherry off at halftime when they But you never
1: know. <laughs> he could. So, I mean, Bullemore's an interesting one because he's obviously um, someone who, and I should say, this is a perfect time, first game of the season, I should say, all the pre-season content, Content is done months in advance, so we got to do a lot of guesswork. Um, I did say on the pre season manly podcast, I wasn't keen on Bullimore unless something changes and he's starting. And I did say, unless something changes, um, on the bench, it looked like he was projected to start two months ago terrible option on the bench. But as a starter, obviously, I, I come around to it and will change my view entirely at 280,000 as a dual front row forward, second row forward. You got to have a look at him. Um, but Billy. Do you have to have him at two hundred eighty thousand? Do you think that people have to have Bullimore in their side as a starting edge at two eighty?
0: No, not at all. The only reason I had him is because he has that front row um, jewel. So he's one of those guys that you can sort of plug as your as your bench front row guy that you don't have to play or he's your fourth or third or fourth um, uh, benchy. So you can easily, you can easily throw like well, not easily, but you can throw down the king and what do you call it man, for feeder type in there if you want to and spend the money elsewhere. It's just more of a, more of a question, mm. do you want to play that sort of player for a couple of weeks just in case?
1: Yeah, I, like if you do need to play that that player, then you do need him. But if you don't need to play Bullermore, then you can look at you know bolstering elsewhere. Um, he The most minutes that he played last year in a match was 40. Um, and I, he doesn't play big minutes. So it's going to be interesting how that actually unfolds. I don't think it's a slam dunk that um a lot of people think it is just because he's named on the edge. As far as the big guns in this one, mate, obviously Cleary is out. Uh, Turbo is not. So Turbo is the first game here. It's going to be wet weather. This is being played at Penrith. It has been torrential rain there. Does that put you off, A, starting with with Turbo for this match for round one? And B, does it put you off looking at a captaincy option?
0: Yeah, I haven't had a single team draft since December without him. I haven't even entertained the thought. And secondly, yeah, I see straight out because... VC, what's the worst you're going to get? Basically, the same score as a front right row forward, right? And, it's not, and if, you're VC, if you're VC, it's not like you can loop him and play sort of pappy or T They play the same position, so you would actually have to captain a half or a forward by having got clear, you got Grant playing, having got Corey Parker type. So basically, that would have a choice. you to captain or you don't.
1: Okay, that's a fair enough call. Yep. I can see why you're going with it. Um, I just... Geez, I get cold feet just captaining someone straight up first game of not just the round, but the season um, when we haven't seen it. And with the rain, yeah, like it's going to be pissing down.
0: You're right. 100%. I just have a bit more of a comfort level. And yes, I know the rules and the, the speed of the game is going to change. But i kind of had a comfort level that, you know, I'm captaining a guy that had his lowest score all of last year was a 40 and his second lowest score was 87. I'm pretty comfortable with that. And given that his trial, he scored sixty in one half. Yep, give more or not. Well,
1: to... I mean, if you are going to pay one point two five million plus for Teroyi, you may as well have the C on him the whole season. Yeah, <laughs> look, I can see, I can see putting the C on him. I'm not going to argue with it because he's obviously very expensive, and he was very good all of last year. If you put the C on him all of last year, you would have been really well off. Um, but versus Penrith, if I owned him, um, I would put the the VC. Although it does beg the question, you know. If you don't have anyone to loop anyway, then you know you've obviously got to look at just who you're going to captain. And I don't think that many people are going to have enough to start the round. I've done that before um, for the first TLT. I've I've normally had enough. Do you have enough? Do you think that it's smart to look at enough? Or do you think that we probably shouldn't be for the moment?
0: I'm going to have Suwali in there, so yes, I should be able um, to. I just had another think uh, about that. If it's absolutely belting down, and I mean like absolutely torrential rain, <laughs> I may consider just leaving Turbo as you know uh, the bench, uh, the uh the one of the reserve guys, and you know, putting the C on Huppu using first up. Although that adds a bit of risk, but if he's healthy, surely, he, surely he's surely he's either healthy or he's not. Surely Belly isn't going to put him if he's, not, if he's not ready. First game after you know what three months off, so I'd be I'd have him. Be a comfort level in the sea on a donkey before back
1: in the storm. No, fair enough. I, I do think there's a big question mark over this one being played out at Penrith when there's projected to be quite a lot of rain. Um, so interesting. On top sport bet of the week for this game, we've got the Manly Sea Eagles at a dollar eighty two and Penrith Panthers at two dollars. Now, I really like Manly at a dollar eighty two for this one.
0: Yeah, we um, we jumped on a few days ago at two dollars 2 dollars thirty, I think it was. I think clear, clear, clearly under injury injury cloud, and the fact that uh, when he wasn't playing, they got belted by the Eels. Like just Marty just really liked the idea of a man giving him a touch up, so we took we took two, two two thirty a few days ago.
1: So Raiders and Sharks is the next game. Um, this particular one we had one of the shocks of the round with James Schiller the rookie being named he's he's a bottom dollar center that I think a lot of people got excited about and didn't expect other than that the other big news was that Haraway O'Nira is actually the starting uh edge back rower with Whitehead shifting to 13 which I think a lot of people thought Elliot was going to be starting at 13 and, and Whitehead remained on his edge but things have changed quite a bit uh from what we thought with that Dragons pack with that sorry with that Raiders pack so it's interesting on the shark side of things Connor Tracy's now injured, so Matt Nikovalu replaces him, which makes it sound like Nikovalu was going to be out of the side. Not great for my draft team, but I think that the big question with them that's now been revealed is um, what their bench was going to look like and who was going to take that Wade Graham edge. That's ended up being Teague Wilton, which is a bit of a bummer because if it was Talakai at 300k, that would have been really interesting with him starting on an edge for at least a month or five weeks. Andrew Fafida made it on the bench though, so that was the other big news. So Out of this, as far as cheapies go, um, everyone should have Brad Schneider, so we're not even going to talk about it. He should probably be goal-kicking. He's a must, as far as I'm concerned. But the two other cheapies, Billy, Schiller and Andrew Fafita. Fafita, I wasn't that keen on, but because he's only 205,000, I don't really care if he gets dumped at this point. Uh, I think that, you know, you need to look at him as an option, but there's a chance that he only plays sort of 20 minutes and doesn't really improve much on his price for a long time, if ever. But Schiller... Um, I initially threw in my team and just went, I don't really care. It, he's a bottom dollar cheapie. That's exactly what I need because there's not enough bottom dollar guys and I really liked being able to use that money elsewhere instead of you know spending an extra 80k on someone else. After having a look at it though, you know I was pretty confident You know Rapina comes back. Um, Schiller's been in for Croker. I'm going to guess that Croker's going to be out for a little while. Semi Valame will come out. Rapana will come in next week and that's all fine. But I didn't know that Seb Chris was actually uh, out as well. And he's another centre that would have taken that spot. So all of a sudden, this young kid, James Schiller, looks like he might be quite trappish for me because he's going to be out for a week starting and then all of a sudden Chris is going to recover from the COVID that he's out with at the moment. And then he could be in line for a recall next week, let alone if Croker actually gets a reprieve in a few weeks. So that's how I sort of looked at both of those guys.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Not sure whether to get him. He's just pretty much one of those sort of 50 50 numbers at the moment, just as a filler. Uh, <laughs> you got no idea whether these guys get these spots on merit or not, but uh, <laughs> damn if you do, damn if you don't. So, the
1: feeder in your team, now that he's been named in the 17, you feel okay about having him in there?
0: I'm uh, not really sort of keen on having him there, but at the price, like he's not, he's not the worst. Um, I just ended up getting. Going well, uh, I think it was King the Dogs, Dogs Bloke at 188 instead, or whatever it is. I think there's a couple yep. around that sort of price range. So uh, I got Baltimore up there, so I just needed a bum to fit that, fit that role. It didn't really matter who it was, they're just going to stand right anyway, or we'll make a bit of coin. Yep.
1: So I think just with putting Fafida in your side, I think you just need to have the right expectations. So if he gets dropped, it should be expected. Um, if he doesn't really make any money, it should be expected.
0: It's not like he's going to start.
1: Yeah, he's not going to. He's going to need um, HIA's injuries um, to get some increased minutes in some games to be able to actually get a worthwhile score, or go over for a, a lucky try, or just have a, a a game or two of that old school for feeder base attack crab along the field that he can have like a fifteen point run or something, and that'll that'll help him out. But otherwise, it may not work out. But I, but there's not very many bottom dollar guys, um, so you can have a look at him potentially. On this game, though, probably the, the only real big gun in this one is Nico Hines. I thought he looked pretty good in the preseason, and he's going to be goal-kicking um, starting at seven, as we suspected. He's probably the one guy that I'd earmark on this one as being a, a decent look. Um, if you were going to VC someone and you didn't have Turbo, maybe he's a VC option. Particularly, it's being played in Canberra, so I don't know if the rain will be any better in Canberra than what it is in Sydney but it certainly can't be any worse. So if it's a bit better in Canberra on Friday, uh, he might be a VC option to, to put a bit of a, a point to prove on his first game as a shark playing the halves.
0: Yeah, he's a hard one. Um certainly, certainly looked pretty good in the trials, but it's, I started applying um, Tim's theory. Um, I remember him saying uh, at some point last year, he does an evaluation that writes up the pros and cons of everyone. Uh, I Although uh, he's got a lot, a lot of potential upside, I don't think the, the pros uh, kind of outweigh the sort of negative or the risk at the moment. So uh, I'm going to lay in, but only because I don't think he's going to do well enough to sort of hurt me in that, in that position in a new team. So I'm just taking them using that coin elsewhere. It's just a personal choice.
1: I'd really like him this week, but um, I'm running out of money very fast and you'll see that in my team reveal a bit later. <laughs> um, the only other thing that I sort of took away from this TLT for this Raiders-Sharks game is the Raiders' bench, especially for someone like Joe Tapanay Tapenay has been very, very popular, as we discussed in the Raiders podcast. And he is starting at 10. And I think people were hoping that he's going to get more than he's like 41, 42 minutes a game. Um, but I don't think that this bench gives him a lot of favours. Um, Elliot Whitehead has been an 80-minute player forever, and he's starting at 13. He's a big-minute player. Uh, Adam Elliott has to go on for someone, but Hudson Young and CHN are normally going to be 80-minute edges as well. So he's probably going to go in, Adam Elliott, and spell Whitehead, I'd imagine. Potentially Whitehead will move to to the edge um, and put CHN on the bench or, or even Hudson Young. But you've got Emery Goula and Corey Horsburgh on that bench as genuine props that are going to spell Tapene and also Pap- Papali'i. And those guys should be able to take enough minutes for for Joe Tapenay to be a concern potentially of getting a lot more um, or at least the 55 to 60 minutes that maybe some people were kind of hoping he might be looking at. So I, I would be a little bit worried with that Raiders bench. As always, they've got three strong forwards in Horsbury, Elliott and Goula that have been playing good footy. So those guys are coming into a pack off the bench where their back row are all 80-minute players as well. So that was probably my other takeaway, that I'd rather wait and see how that Raiders uh, rotation actually unfolds and have to try and get a piece of it and guess and hope.
0: Yeah, I'm just having a look at the numbers now. Like, he's... 61 off sort of 50, 50 minutes, that's when he was starting prop last year. So he had, he's already had sort of seven gauge starting prop where it was 42 minutes, 43, 49, 52, 56, 56, 57. So he's undervalued, but he's only undervalued by six points. That's it. Like he's he's going to do well. He's got, he's got a 1.2 ppm, but he's only going to get 55 minutes. So he's undervalued, but only by six points. Like do you really want to pay um, his price for a 60 average or do you want it elsewhere?
1: Mm. Yep, and the other thing that I didn't mention too is that you've got young Tom Starling on the bench and what was happening last year was Josh Hodgson was moving to lock, um, which would move Elliot Whitehead from 13 and Starling would come on. And Starling's not going to get less minutes. Like he was getting like 39 minutes a game last year or something. Um, So, or 39 points a game, I should say. Um, So that's, that's there as well where Hodgson could move into the middle. Like there's just that many middle players and variants and so many of these guys that, that have been able to play high minutes before that I just I'd hold off on it. But look having a look at it on um Top Sport, it was actually my favourite bet of the week, just about as far as value. Cronulla Sharks are now a dollar eighty five. They've come in from a dollar ninety. Uh eighty five for the Sharkies in this one. I really like it on Top Sport for the bet of the week for this game.
0: Um, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm with the Sharks here, I think.
1: Yeah, I like it. I think they've got pretty good value at $1. eighty-five. I think Nico Hines is going to have a big game. I think that it's going to be good to avoid uh, Schiller, but make sure that you are on Schneider if you don't have him. He has to be on your side. Broncos and Rabbits is the next one. We knew that Reynolds and, and Hetherington were going to be out, but can I just say off the bat how bad this Broncos backline looks? I'm just going to read it out, okay? Because it's going to sound like an absolute horror <laughs> Sorry, story. Albert Kelly. Billy Walters, Selwyn Cobbo, Herbie, Katoni Stags, Corey Oates, Jermaine Osako. Jermaine Sako and Corey Oates would have been released to other clubs if you believe all reports in the off-season. And in fact, a year ago, they probably would have been as well. And those guys are still getting the starting wing and starting number one jersey for round one for Kevin Walters. Like, he seriously cannot help himself, Walters. And then on top of that, he's got... Um, Cobbo, who we were hoping was going to be number one, he's thrown on the wing, which really hurts his value. And not just that he's got Walters and Kelly in the halves, which is a really bad halves combo, but he's also put in uh, Tyrone Roberts as halves cover and as a backline utility on the bench. Like, that is the worst backline in the NRL that he's just named, I reckon. It's a strange,
0: they've got a soft jaw too, but I think the softer it's going to get crushed. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I was... I was I was actually excited about only a couple of Broncos out. Um, if you go back sort of uh, pre-TLT, uh, having like, like Colo should have run from fullback, uh, the possibility of, you know, a, a Pereira maybe at the price, getting getting a bit of run with a soft draw, taking some hit-ups, adding, adding a couple of tackle busts and maybe falling over the line, you pick and choose the games. But now all of a sudden you've got rid of him and you move the guy that you wanted from one position to the wing, and all of a sudden it's, just, it's become demoralising.
1: Yeah, that side that they've named could absolutely get belted. Like, honestly, it's at Suncorp, it's round one, and Souths are understrength, but that side just just does not look good for me at all, Um, and I think they're going to really miss Adam Reynolds for this first one. Uh, Payne Haas is the obvious one that's that's still retained his value for that Broncos team, but how are you on Cobo? Because he's 320000 and I found when I was looking at all these guys in centre wing that are around that price point, I I could pick a full centre wing complement that were all cheaper than him. So I've actually now left Selwyn Cobb out of my side. Yeah, I
0: did the same thing, but as soon as there was a rumour that he was uh, out of the fullback position or 50-50, I just punted him. You need some guarantee at that, at that price. You can't sort of buy in for one week and then all of a sudden he's back on the wing because throughout, it's 200 grand it's wasted, 150 grand he's sitting on the bench wasted.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm off him. Look, I don't think that he's going to be, a definite mistake or anything, um, but I certainly think just getting some of these cheaper guys that have popped up is going to be a better option at the moment, especially if Souths do get belted this week. This rabbit side that's been named um, pretty much what we've expected. Uh, obviously, Latron Mitchell's out, which we knew, um, but the big thing for you, mate, Tarn Milne has gotten Josh Mansell benched, or not benched, but thrown out of the 17, and has taken that wing spot. So I know that you're wishing... That your former love child meal was a bit cheaper, so you yeah. I know.
0: Well, the, the other thing is to um, the thing that's probably a little bit beneficial for him is the fact that Reynolds is actually gone. Um, so if he's going to get any ball now, Cody's going to be going to the right side, and sweeping and sort of throwing that wide as well. Like it's We've, you've all heard me talk about Reynolds before. He cannot pass to save his life. So it's all we'll grub up on, grub a bomb. It's it's, it's like clear, clearing There's absolutely nothing that gets out the stains with a cutout ball. Um, maybe maybe Walker in the new half sort of changes that. Maybe there's a bit more flat out there. But yeah, he's um he's not, he's tackled bus and he's offloads that, that we sort of loved three four years back sort of dried up. So I, I still rate him. I just at that price there's no confidence mate. But I think he'll do better than last year if Reynolds not being there.
1: Mm. Yeah, he's apparently been doing really well in the, in the preseason. The thing in the Rabbits uh, naming that really got my attention was their bench. So their bench is Jacob Host, Havili, Tom Burgess, and Michael Cheekam. Now, Michael Cheekam's like an edge utility. Havili is, is hooker cover, but otherwise we'll just spell, you know, Cameron Murray for probably 20 minutes. But that means that they've basically got one genuine prop in Burgess and maybe they'll play Host as a prop as well that's not a lot of prop minutes coming off that bench. So I was kind of looking at it going, well, what are they going to do here? Because Mark Nichols and Junior are are not going to play heavy minutes as starting props. Uh, I actually think that it, what it means is for Jaiaro, and I'm interested in your opinion on this, he's not going to be an 80-minute edge forward. I think that what they're going to have to do is move Jaiaro from the edge during the game and push him up the prop. Um, and obviously he played a lot of prop last year and in his prior years too. So it seems like that area might be, you know, 30 minutes edge and 30 minutes prop, and that's how they're going to get around that sort of bench that they've named It's a little bit, well, not too prop heavy, I guess, with the minutes that are going to be there.
0: Yeah, it doesn't bother me whether he's, minute or where he's big minutes on on edge or whether he rotates. Either way, he gets a higher base with 30 minutes in the middle and he gets some attack potential on the edge. So either way, he's on the field a bit more than what he otherwise would be just by just being pure in the middle, particularly the fact that he's available at front row forward. Um that's
1: the appeal for me, mate. Piking that second spot there next to us. Yeah, I haven't changed my mind on him either, even though I think that he's not going to get that 80 minutes now. And I, I do think that might be a bit worse for him, but it's still going to be valued. The guy that I have come around looking at this TLT, um, very much I've been coming around on Cody Walker today. And it was after we just released the, the South podcast in the last 24 hours. But just when I saw this rabbit, this rabbit side versus this Bronco side, I just sort of thought there's not even Latron Mitchell that's going to take a lot of usage. And Cody Walker has a really good record against the Broncos. I I can just see Walker absolutely killing Brisbane, looking at this back line. And I'm I'm trying to get Walker into my side at the moment. And I think that he's a big, big VC shout for this week um, if you've got someone to loop him with. And even a complete, like, real, real pod shot at a C if you don't own Turbo. He could be a real pod shot because, like you said, it's not as rainy up in Brisbane and this game's up in Brisbane and Walker is playing a pretty bad back line.
0: Certainly is a dry track. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of money for a guy that has a couple of tough games before it gets a little bit softer. That was the turn off for me, right? mate. Um, and obviously the fact that you need to spread the coin. Like if, if, you, if you're going to buy him, you've obviously got to compromise elsewhere. So Yeah, but, yeah, where, where yeah, but you if compromise? you had a Cleary...
1: You know, you make 200K out of yeah, theory down to Cody Walken. Yeah, now,
0: hey? yeah true. Probably a good point. I can see that.
1: So you reckon that he's a VC or C option? He's only 7% owned, by the way. So he's looking like real a real good pot at the moment.
0: Yeah, um, I wasn't massively keen on him just looking at the draw. But when you actually mention how bad... Uh, Broncos' back backline is at the moment the fact that it's on a dry track up here. It could be the kickstart that you, that you actually need if you want to pod 7%. It's pretty it's pretty decent this time of year, particularly in the halves where um, that's 7% too. That's not 7% of the, the tops of 1,000 players. That's 7% across the board. So realistically, you know, without the sound like a toss-up, you're probably only competing against probably 2% owners.
1: Yeah, I really like it. Um, top spot better of the week for this one. Pretty tough on $1.29 for the rabbits and a line of minus 10 and a half is a bit awkward, but I think they can cover that minus 10 and a half on top spot for $1.90. So I'm going to have to go with that. But i tell you what, when you're looking at try scorers, Cody Walker, he likes scoring tries against the Broncos. And I reckon I'd be putting some money on that one as well to so score a try anytime for Cody Walker is $2.24 at the moment, which I think is pretty good. So I'd be going for that too. Mate, let's move on to the next game. Halfway through TLT. This next game is the Roosters versus Knights. So clearly the, the game of the round, the Roosters playing their first game at the Sydney Cricket Ground, of course, but 3pm on a Saturday, hopefully there's no rain. Big news for the Roosters. Billy Smith actually got named at centre, which I didn't expect, and I don't think many did. Uh, and then we've got Momorowski still getting a spot, even though he didn't get the centre spot, he's now going to be on the wing. Obviously, Billy Suwali is someone who... They were going to wait until he's 100% healthy. They were 100% happy to put him out there. It looks like it's probably going to be a few weeks away. So that's interesting. You can obviously have him in there if you need to. But I'm interested. You've got him in there. I kind of said to someone on Twitter today, I would put Suali in there if there wasn't so many other options that are playing. But because we have options playing, it doesn't make much sense to me not to just go for the same, the same expense options that are actually going to play from round one and start making money because you can just make some money out of those for a few rises and if Swali starts, wait for him to have his three games and then just, you know, downgrade one of those guys after you make money.
0: Yeah, my concern with Surali is um, I don't know where he's going to play. Like he's obviously going to make money, but if he comes into that right wing spot, I want to I wanna have him straight away. A couple of other points I just want to make, obviously rate him a, a lot better chance of making coin as well as being having that playable option as opposed to a hundred sort of 75k sort of the player. Um, and the other, the, other, the other thing is I've had an acquire in my team for God knows how long and now that he's out all of a sudden I find myself having to pay an extra 200 grand for Momorowski. Like I was never keen on having him at all. Like I, I thought he was going to be centre but now the fact that his name on the right hand edge where um, you guys have a couple of really good game uh, lineups and the fact that I don't have Teddy Teddy fires I want to cash in on those points and um, I did the numbers this morning. Uh, if you add up every single player, that, every single player's score that played on their right edge for the Chooks um, this year, um, I took three scores out. I took uh, the 24 or 34-minute game where, um, what's-his-name went down, um, so Morris got injured, and I took out the, the two Storm games because you're obviously not going to play uh, play them against the Storm. That was an average of 80. The right wing for the Chooks average is 80. So um yeah. So for that for that reason and the fact that Morris was around eight nine in decay last year before he got done, I just like bar So that's why I threw Mono on my team and also just in case he's a like out in next week or the week after or the week after for Suwali, I just decided to have both of them. So at any given point in time when that decision is made, I can flick the switch to put whoever is playing that role right in. Yep.
1: Well, I mean I I don't necessarily agree with the decision, but I agree with your thought process on thinking through and I think that it's good that you got those backup plans because I do think one of the one of the problems with Momorowski is that he is going to be out of a job in two or three weeks. Um, but the big thing for me is like I actually was into Momorovsky in the preseason. I thought he was going to play center though for Billy Smith, but I thought he was going to be goal kicking. Now it's come out that um, Sam Walker's goal kicking. So I mean... That takes some of the shine off Momorowski for sure, I think. But it has put a, a bit of a spotlight on Sam Walker for this TLT now that it's come out that he's goal-kicking. With Sam Walker goal-kicking and Cleary now out, is he a viable option to say, I want the guy kicking goals for the Roosters from round one at sort of 400K less than what you know Cleary is?
0: Not really, because Sam Walker kicked goals last year as well. He scored, you know, some 30 or 130, so... I, I played him a lot of games last year and he was one of the reasons why I just went backwards because he, he'd be sitting on sort of, you know, 15 points with sort of 20 minutes to go and you're just waiting for that long, long pass and he would either get a couple of try assists or a try really quickly and get himself to 80 or he just wouldn't and he'd be stuck on that score he'd just be just frustrated. So I wouldn't do it. Um, I think he'll obviously go a little bit better this year with, you know, the draw and having, you know, sort of carry back there, but that's sort a of price and not willing to have a risk.
1: Yeah, I'm not, uh, even as a Chooks fan, I'm not particularly interested in Sam Walker, even if he is goal kicking either. Um, and Momorowski's sort of been killed for me as an option because I think he's going to be out too quickly and he's not going to goal kick, but could have some good early games. The guy that's the big winner out of the Roosters for me is Billy Smith. So I didn't think that he was going to be either healthy enough or the Roosters confident enough in the amount of first grade that he's been able to play the last couple of years to put him in for round one. Um, but obviously, they've They've got a lot of belief in him, and he must have looked good for them to put him in here. Um, and he's kind of come in at 294,000. I I could not buy Billy Smith fast enough into my team once I saw this TLT. And he's a big winner for me because they've got a good draw. Uh, they must be confident in his health if they put him there. And if they put Momorowski on the wing and left Billy Smith at centre, um, it just says to me that Billy's going to be sticking around and Momo is going to be the guy that goes... And for 294,000, I've I've said it many times, Billy Smith is one of those guys that I've watched come through from when he was a kid. And he's the most excited I've been about any prospect in the last 20 years. Up there with the Latrell Mitchell's coming through and the RTS is coming through. Billy Smith is right there. He's just been cruel by injury for a few years. So I really like that he's he's there, and 294K is a really good price point for him um, and comparatively to some of the other guys. He's playing at centre as well, not on the wing, so he's going to have better base stats as well. So I really think that he's a big winner in this TLT.
0: Yeah, same. I had him last year. Um, I had Swali last year as a backup as well, just in case something happened. So um, you're right, uh, he's one of the first players that I put in as soon as he was named. But, um, yeah, I just figured... uh, having backup all over the place. I think the fact that I've got Suali as as well as Momo, as well as sort of uh, Billy Smith, I think there's a couple – I think Momo's a contingency for Billy (laughs) and Suali's a contingency for Momo (laughs) and vice versa. The only other thing I'll add is um, that average of 80 for the Wiggers last year, Morris didn't kick, so I wouldn't be too concerned about Momo not kicking. He's just taking that that slot by He's just going to fall over the line, that's all. Yep.
1: I mean, for the Knights side of this opposition, um, they did name Dom Young on the wing. Uh, so that was slightly surprising uh, and opened up another cheapy-slash-mid opportunity. Um, Dom Young is 330-odd K, though, so I think that he's probably a, a bit more expensive than the other guys playing in one of the poorer attacking sides in the Knights. Um, so I don't think that we should be looking at Dom Young myself, only because I think that there's better options. Phoenix Crossland's on the bench. Um how much he spells Randall, who knows, but I think that Randall must be locked in for at least 60-plus minutes. So he should be must-owned, 48% owned. He should be higher now that you've seen this uh, list out. But what did you make of these Knights guys? Because they've also got guys like Mom- Mama Osi, who is a secondary forward, front row forward that's on the bench. He's only just over 200K. Um, I tend to think that guys like him and Dom Young are just behind some of the other options, and I wasn't too fussed about trying to get them into my side
0: yeah um i know there's some rotation questions around there um i'm not sure if it was at a uh, group chat the other day but someone posted something around um rotation from barry to something about a man getting 65 minutes and um what do what you call it um uh, what's the walker's name again grand or randall getting sort of 60 65 as well i'm not, I'm not sure how much of that is, is accurate or is hearsay or whatever you call it or inside knowledge but um even if it is not a full game for Randall, you've still got to just plug a guy like that in there knowing he's going to get 40 tackles or something or like other. Um, Kurt Mann I'd be a little bit more concerned about. Um, and bench interchange change guy like the moment like you just mentioned. I think there's too many other options even considering him. But, um, yeah, it probably still comes down to all that, those minutes rotation.
1: Yeah, Man's almost 400,000 and I'm – I'm one really surprised that Barry Touay thinks that he's going to play 65 minutes a game. That was just a guess by him, by the way, and he said that. He was just guessing at their minutes. There's no insight into it. But <laughs> okay. uh, look, he's pretty on the money, Barry. So, like, Barry's a real good source of, of mail, um, but there, there is no mail in those minutes, that's all. So he's just sort of guessed it. But, but Barnett's on the bench, mate. Like, what are you going to I do know. with Barnett? He's a, he's a great back rower. Um, on one edge, Lachlan Fitzgibbon's on the other. Those guys normally play 80
0: yeah, minutes on the edge.
1: Even if they're going to play 60 <laughs> minutes, like they're not going to play 40 minutes. Even if they play 60 and Barnett goes 20 on an edge, he's going to get the other 20 minutes, you know, at, at 13.
0: So Barnett's a, a gun, mate. I, I really rate him. Um, but the, yeah, the thing is, whenever Barnett was playing last year, when he was 13, you just wanted to bench him. When he was on the edge, um, you wanted to play him. Um, so now that you've got Barnett on 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 the bench and Mann starting thirteen, I mean, why would it be any different apart from the fact, apart from the fact, that and I say this with a little bit of emphasis, is the fact that um, Kurt Mann is a is a ball hog and is is a known sort of try scorer when he was in that sort of five eight position. So watching the trials, he looked really good, like he was sharp, he was running, he was jinxing, weaving, like you, I think he's got a little bit of an X factor there, but it still comes back to I'm concerned
1: about eight minutes. And, then, and I actually replied to Barry on Twitter about his call for 65 minutes for Man, and completely respectfully disagreed. Like, it wasn't like I was having a go at him, but like, I just can't see it. And I, I made the point to him that, well, you know, Connor Watson was the starting 13 and all the buzz at the beginning of last preseason. And before even the first game, an hour before kickoff, he got dropped to the bench for Sue. And I, I just, I could see it all over that, you know, an hour before kickoff, Man dropped to the bench and Barnett starting at 13. And if it doesn't happen round one, that's fine. It would probably happened three weeks in. So, I just man is close to four hundred thousand, and I just don't see. I just don't see the confidence in him that a lot of coaches are seeing, and I think that bench with Barnett being on it um, should probably scare a few people away from getting bar, from getting man in for round one. I reckon.
0: Yeah, exactly. Too much of a risk for me, mate. At that price.
1: Jacob Saifidi is the last one for the Knights that I thought was interesting. He's only 400,000 and he's now starting at prop because his brother is out. From, so that month could turn into five weeks quite easily with the injury that he's got to his knee. And it's a small fracture that he's got in his leg there near his knee. So that's that could easily be five, even six weeks, but it's definitely four weeks out. Saifidi, 400,000. Like me and you looked at him... Oh, sorry, me and Luke looked at him on the Knights podcast for the preseason and sort of said like... He doesn't need many more minutes. If he gets sort of five to 10 more minutes a game, he's going to be really good as, as, you know, he's going to be close to a gun because his PPM is phenomenal. And now he's starting for his brother and he doesn't have a lot of backup. You know, the guy's coming off the bench. Mamosi is, you know, a rookie um, forward. that's a back row slash front row and Leo Thompson and Barnett's going to be a lock, you know, they, there's not a lot there. So Safiti's got to get some good minutes. And at 400,000, he might be the unheralded, um, middle forward, front row forward, super coach winner for this
0: TLT? Um, I never actually even looked at him before because I just was never interested in a guy like that. But, uh, yeah, having a look across the 46, um, has played sort of 51, sort of 56 minutes when, he's, when he started and yeah, average to sort of 54. So eight points unders. I don't think there's any real... Clutch in there, one get one one try. So look, you, you're gonna you're gonna make you're to make money out of him. It's not gonna be a fast cash injection. Personally, think it's a lay. I don't think there's enough value in him to significantly propel you up the ladder. I think you would probably propel up the ladder even starting a guy off the bench playing thirty minutes. And use that coin toss spare hard move for me.
1: Uh, that's a that's a pretty good average for a front row forwards, That's going to cost you four hundred k. Um, I, I, yeah, I think he's really under the radar for this. Hey, like if you wanted a cheap second prop. Um, for front row forward, even if it just lasts, even if um, his brother comes back sort of round five, he's still probably going to have two residual price rises after that. So like, you're going to get 100k out of him uh, with him starting. He only he's only priced off 43 minutes a game. There's no way he's not going 50 plus minutes a game with that T or T. And if he could even go 55 minutes a game, and that's going to be gun. Yeah, I disagree with you on this one a little bit because it, I think that the the other value with him is that you you're going to play him. Um he's going to be a decent play, whereas those bench guys you're not going to be able to play them like if you need a second prop and you don't want to spend, there's not many guys that are sort of four hundred thousand that you can comfortably start as your second front row forward. i think you you've either end up spending a hundred k plus up um or you're starting someone that's cheaper that's going to get you a lot less points so um certainly if you if you if you've got two starting front rowers and he's going to be like your third one, I wouldn't do it but i think that if you're searching for that second guy and you don't want to spend. 400,000, I'd pin him for a 55 average. And if he gets more minutes, um, he could definitely go to gun 60 plus for a short time um, over a few week period. So I, I quite like it, but let's have a look at the actual options for this one. Obviously, Tedesco is there. We haven't talked about him yet. We're going to put you in a world, Billy, where you don't own Turbo and that you're me and that you've got Tedesco and Pappy there. Tedesco's primed, He's playing at SCG on a Saturday afternoon against this Newcastle Knights side that I don't think looks very strong and has just lost their forward leader as well. I, I'm going to say that he's, he looks like a C option to me. Uh, what are you going to do with it if you're me?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. If you don't have um, if you don't have a turbo, I would be 100% captain, in tell you right?
1: Yep. These Knights edges are pretty weak too, so I'd be pretty comfortable in owning Crichton-Tipanua for this week as well for round one. I think that um, they could do pretty well, but
0: we were talking about Tupinua earlier. Obviously, he's that guy that sort of has some volatility and clutching. So he can he can punch a forty game, he can punch a hundred and twenty game. This is the game where you probably expect, you know, sort of one of those sort of upper end, upper end of the scale scores.
1: Really like Teddy for this one, and I really like the Roosters to to have a good win. I'm not just saying that. I just take that the Knights look very good. Top spot better the week for it. Dollar twenty the Roosters, pretty low. They've been they've been pulled right in with this TLT. I think with Sofidi being out, it's it's hurt. Um, But minus 13.5. It's a lot of points to give up for round one. It could be raining, so it might be a bit tough. Um, Teddy normally has back half of the season where he goes on try scoring droughts. So maybe going for a Teddy uh, try anytime is going to be the way to go at $1.95. I really like Daniel Tupo to score at $1.66, so that's probably my best bet for this one. $1.66 for toops with the Roosters to win going to get you close to 2 bucks, and I like that.
0: The thing with Teddy is he can go he can get many games without a try, but you, you don't even notice because he just has so many sort of tackle bus runs and try assists when he's in ball. Um, uh, if I was going to have a bet on this one, I, I always like the, uh, the first try scorer for the right winger and the line with the roosters. So I, I, I would take the you know, first try scorer, Momo, um, and the minus 13 for me. I'd roll it back together in a multi.
1: Nice. Well, eight bucks for Momo just to get the first try without even the rest of it. So, pretty juicy. Uh, game after this night's Roosters matchup, we've got the Warriors Dragons. The the big cheapy news as far as bottom dollar cheapy that I think that you can have some confidence in is Young Valia, and I'm sure that I pronounced that incorrectly. So, I apologize. I'll get better. Viliami Valia. Viliami is the starting centre. Uh, we got a tip off a, a week ago, and in a lot of the articles and stuff that he was maybe going to get there. He did. He's a bottom price guy, Billy. So, for me, he's a must-have in the centre wing. He's got reasonable job security. He's won that job on merit. He's probably the best bottom dollar guy that there is out of the centre wing that you should have and certainly better than the Raiders kids. So, he was a big takeaway for the Warriors. I think everybody should be getting him into the side ASAP. Yeah,
0: I didn't actually see any, any of um, him in the trials, but or reports from the guys. I watched the game, so he looked really good and sort of really sort of won that spot. So, I'll take their word for it.
1: Um, Katoa got the edge spot as was predicted with Karen at thirteen. Uh, we said in the Warriors podcast that if Karen is thirteen it's gonna kill his value. Um and Katoa becomes a little bit of an option. But for me Billy, you know, do you firstly agree that, that Karen's value is dead because he's in that thirteen jumper? I
0: don't think he's dead. I just don't think it's as good as being on the edge. Like you still you still one hell of a tackler, one hell of a runner, he's gonna get some some good points for you in the middle. I just prefer I just think that he does it no matter where he is on the field. He gets involved. He's like Papa Lee. He just gets involved no matter where he's on the edge or in the middle. And the longer he's on the field, the, the, the better his scores are, um, regardless whether it's on the edge or middle for me. So I think it hurts him, obviously, with his the, the ceiling score. But I don't I don't think it hurts him too much with, with regards to losing money. So if you wanted him, you could probably still touch him in your team and still be valuable. But, but what his upside is, I'm yep. not sure anymore.
1: Um, the bench for them, Jazz, Murdoch-Marsila, Aaron Pernay and Bailey Siren. That's interesting as well for me because Murdoch-Marsila is going to play front row. Um, Aaron Pernay is going to play front row. And then you've got Jazz who should be going in at the 13 jumper as well as Spelling Hooker potentially. Um, Bailey Sirenen was shooting out for the 13 jumper, but with Jazz there and now he's on the bench it looks like that possibly what's going to happen is Katoa might play 55 to 60 minutes and Siren is going to come on and go onto that edge. Um, now, if that happens, I'd be happy. Uh, Katoa's value <laughs> is going to be, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, Katoa's value is going to be severely dented. So, I mean, how do you feel about Katoa? Because I think a lot of people are expecting him to play 80 minutes and um, I don't know that that's going to occur. Yeah,
0: it's obviously going to dent his value. If he's not taking in taking the big minutes. Um, if it was going to be one of them come off, surely it's, going be, you know, it's not going to be Aiken,
1: surely, right? Well, I don't think so. And I mean, like, Katoa was dropped last year and Aiken remained as an 80 minute edge back rower. And even when Katoa yeah, was on okay. the bench, he wasn't going onto to Aiken's edge. So, I mean, it, it seems to stand a reason that Aiken's going to stick to the 80 minutes. And that's Bailey, that Bailey Syrian has played on that side that Katoa was on before. So, I mean, the other thing that can happen too is that um, Karen can move to the edge that Katoa's on for a little bit and, and Sierra can go into that 13 jumper which is where he was training at a bit in the preseason. Yeah, probably
0: makes a bit of sense though.
1: Right? Yeah, so I, look, I'm, I'd am i be a little bit standoffish on Katoa. I think that Aikens value is fine. Um, the thing that's going to trap a few people is Sean Johnson's going to kick in this game but that's because Walsh isn't back until uh, round two and apparently Walsh is going to be kicking. So, I mean, you're someone that's got SJ. Uh, I had SJ. I might have him at the moment again still but I was hoping that he was going to be kicking. Does him not kicking sway you from having him in your side for this game for round one?
0: Um, I didn't think he'd be kicking at all. I, I just had him in purely because of the draw and his price, but I since dumped him about three hours ago. I really wanted to have Mo, um When Momo was named on the edge, I really, really wanted to have him, and I did what Tim did. I sort of weighed up the pros and cons of the region and went... Uh, I'll just rotate what you caught, the uh, Amon and Ili- Ilias. At, at six for now. I just think there's a much more upside with the rut where you the chooks as opposed to uh, SJ ceiling. So I, I, uh, I took that route and instead and dumped him.
1: Yep, fair enough. Um, when we're having a look at the Dragon side, uh, I don't think there was many... There wasn't too many surprises aside from Tarek Sims and Bird just being omitted, but I don't actually think that was su- as surprising as what a lot of the media reports sort of suggested. I mean, Bird just hasn't played in years, um, and he's sort of making a rugby league comeback. Tarek Sims is, was apparently coming out from injury, and they tried to say that he's healthy, but a lot of people have said that he's still going to be carrying that, so he might not be a hundred percent anyway. So I, I wasn't that surprised about that, but the rest of it all looks pretty, pretty much what we thought, Billy. Really. But on the bench, they do have um, Francis Molo, who I thought was going to start, and um, Josh Kerr, and also Jack Gizowski. Um So it does sort of say that they are going to go heavy on the rotation, uh, potentially even in that back row as well. Um, that would scare me off a little bit with Bird, with having Gazowski on the bench, because he's normally going to be an edge player. Um, what do you sort of make of that rotation?
0: Yeah, it's just way too many in there. There's, uh, there's one donut and you're going to share it too much, too, too many mouths to feed for me, regardless of what the breakdown is. It just scares me too much. Just, when you have rotations like that, it's, it's best just to stay away rather than just trying to guess and get it wrong. Because if you guess it right, you, your upside is only, what, next 10 or 12 minutes or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think there's any captaincy or vice-captaincy options in this one, especially for round one for these two teams at all. But, I mean, top sport better the week. This is one that I haven't actually bet on, mate. So why don't you give me some feedback? We've got the Warriors at $1.93, the Dragons at $1.87. Basically no line at all. I, I don't know where I'd go in this one.
0: I'm leaning towards the Dragons. Um, all preseason, I've, I've been all over sort of uh, um, Cows, and Cows Titans and sort of uh, the, the, the Warriors, particularly the Cows and so the Warriors draws, wishing that there was someone in those teams that I could actually have. And when I started having a look um, a bit closer at um, Sloan uh, yesterday purely because uh, what do you call it? um, it's just Desi did his team reveal a couple of days ago and he had Sloan in the team. I started looking at Sloan again and thought you know what, he's actually got some decent runs and some tackle busts and yeah he needs some clutch attack in there but he just seems to get it and then I looked at him and uh, Amon's work rate and the Dragons pack and I just thought you know what I think they're actually a lot better than we're actually giving them to sort of the credit for. They've got a lot of young sort of kid, good sort of kids in there, and the Warriors are still the Warriors. So for that reason, I'm sort of picking the Dragons, mate.
1: Yep, that's a fair enough pick on the Dragons. i am still be a bit concerned having Sloane from round one, but um, I could go along with the Dragons win for this first one, especially with Walsh, out. Yeah.
0: Sloane's more of a floor of 40, I figured. Mm.
1: We will see. I'm off Sloane, but I think he could go well against the Warriors as well if it's not pissing down rain. Uh, Tigers versus Storm is the next one. This one's really juicy. So we got Tuolagi in the starting second row spot for the Tigers, which is huge news. Garner's actually on the bench. So there was going to be a world where we were going to be a little bit worried about what might happen because Garner was meant to be injured. He might have been out of the squad entirely. Him being named in the squad and still on the bench with uh, Tulagi at 250K starting as a second rower that, that gives a lot of confidence in, in Tulagi's role to start the season. Um, Gildart got named in the, in the centre, so that was the other cheapy option, um, along with uh, Jackson Hastings. I'm going to say outright, Hastings at 350k, I've thrown out the window. He's not goal-kicking, uh, so I'm, I'm not interested. Gildart I don't have, but he's 280k. I can see why people might go towards it. But Tulagi is the guy to pick for me out of this Tigers side as far as the cheapies and mid-range winners for TLT.
0: Yeah, I'm the same, mate. I haven't had a team list with um, Hastings in my team. Uh, even with kicking, I'm just not interested in a UK superstar <laughs> Um I think the price is just a bit too awkward for me. Um, plus, they have a hard draw. So, no, it's exactly the same with the, uh, the, the, the Tigers, so the centre mate. Like Gildart, yeah, he's cheap, but he's not absolutely bottom dollar, and there's other options available. But yeah, you can't bear past, like, an eight-minute sort of second row. It doesn't matter what team they're doing, they're going to sort of make some cash money. Yeah,
1: I think there's other options better than Gildart to go for, um, whereas Tulagi, I think he's not a must-have. Um, certainly, isn't a guarantee to play 80 minutes with Luke Garner on the bench, but at his price at 250K, he'll get enough work done to make some good coins, so I'd certainly have him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the other thing, too, with this one, Billy, that I found interesting is young Sinkum is going to be the number nine now, and that's because Little's uh, out hurt. Tyrone Peachy's on the bench as the only guy that can spell him. And I don't think that they're going to play Tyrone Peachy massive minutes at number nine. So it was really interesting because I I had to get rid of um, Corey Pax out of the Broncos side and and go away from the two cheap hookers. But Jake Simpkins 300K and he may very well play like 65 plus minutes a game. He might even get 80 minutes a game, potentially. I'm not sure what the plan is with Tyrone Peachy. So... Does he become a bit of an option from this TLT now because there's no real backup hooker for them?
0: Not for me. I, was, I started with um, – I did the whole Tigers thing the last year before I cut them off, and it was just, it was just wishing wishing them too much, mate. Um, if you go back and look at their numbers, they're not really sort of sensational. There's lots of tackles in there. There's not many sort of runs. So you're basically hoping for a clutch attack score off very, very few runs every single week with a soft draw in order for them to get over 50. I think that's too much of an ask. So for that reason, I looked at the price today and went, nah, no, it's, that's just money that could be used elsewhere. Um, so that I opted for, you know, rank the, uh, the, um, Randall and Grant combo up top and the, the base price kind of uh, camera guy instead.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, when you're having a look at his starting his starting roles that he did have, Simpkin, he had four games initially from round six to nine where he went 56, 45, 37 and 54 points. And the range in minutes was 50 to 82. But his 82-minute game and his 70-minute game, he went 56 and 45. So about a 50 average in 80 minutes, probably where he's going to be at. Um, so it might mean that he's only a 40 to a 45 if he's getting less minutes. Uh, and that might be not enough but could make some cash it'd be interesting to see what the rotation is Um, I'm staying away but I did get a bit tempted because I did want to stay with the two you know the double cheapy hookers but it was too hard to do on the storm side of things Ryan Pappenhausen has been named Um, he's the big news the second big news is that Josh King is starting at 13 but I think that uh, people might get trapped by that and they really shouldn't Brandon's who's starting at 9 next week Grant comes back and then Brandon Smith goes and starts at 13, and Josh King ends up on the bench. So I don't think Josh King's as good as what he looks 255,000. You could probably stay away. You could get 20K more into, or 15K more into, a Tanoel Brown from the Cowboys or something like that. So I wasn't huge on Josh King because I know that he's not going to be starting next week when they've got their full side here. For Pappenhausen, I, I've got him, but I'm a little bit worried, Billy. So I'm interested in what your take is because he was under a huge amount of doubt and it looked like he was probably going to miss round one, but he's been included and I'm a little bit wary of, you know, a, a rest or, or a Bellamy tricky buggers where he puts someone in at the last minute or something. Or Are you at all concerned being round one that we haven't seen him play yet?
0: Yeah, I'm concerned, but it's also super coach is also that thing where there's, there's 130,000 people that play. mate. <laughs> you got to come first. It's like, I was just about to say there's no there's no prize for second place. There is it's ten grand, but it's not there fifty. There's <laughs> <laughs> not fifty, but so you've got to be every single bastard in this competition to win that money. Um, so the minute that you go look, oh, there's a bit of an injury cloud. Under him, I'm not going to get him. He comes out and scores 140, 150, Forget it. You're already behind the eight ball. I think you just need to trust it. Look, Surely, a coach isn't going to play him unless, unless he's healthy. Particularly coming off what a, th- a three-month break. If it was, you know, finals time or they need him back on the field, they surely would. But surely, you're not going to name a black like that. Um, uh, after after three months, if if he really needs one or two more weeks. You'd just leave him out, wouldn't
1: you? Yeah, you would. I mean, I was probably more concerned that he was going to end up getting axed for the extended bench, you know, before kickoff type of thing. But with the difference in the lockout now, maybe it won't make as much difference. You've got a bit more of a chance to try and change your team around. Um, but you'd probably just leave it for next week and hope that he's back, I guess. I don't know. It's it's always just a bit hard because...
0: I played my I play mate Tom, Tom Milne.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's a bit hard to because pappenhausen burner saw like a year ago right like whereas you know he's back next week from concussion he's back the next and went on forever so i mean i think that's probably in the back of my mind as well look you mentioned that you'd look at pappenhausen as a captaincy option though so if he's playing in this one he's obviously playing against the tigers uh really good not just match up but Personally, for him, it's the Tigers who actually cut him, and he had to go on and play his trade elsewhere. So he might have a bit of a point to prove as well. And he's going to be goal kicking, uh, and there's going to be no Munster, so I'm sure that he's going to get plenty of ball. No grand either.
0: Yeah. Well, what you could do is you could um, chuck the VC on anyone else, and if they get they get if if they go in that sort of friend zone between sort of 100, 100, 120, you could always wait till Seth Munster's playing. If Munster plays, you wait the ceiling. him. If he doesn't, Munster
1: suspended, rate uh, Sorry,
0: Pappy isn't. I keep thinking uh, Storm fullback. So if if Pappy plays, you chuck the see on him. If he doesn't, you chuck the see on him anyway. So either way, you get you know your your VC hundred, hundred and ten, whatever you call it, or you get or you get Pappy score. So it's probably a win win.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's one way to look at it. Um, look, I do think that the Storm are going to win this one, but I do think there's a bit of value in the Tigers. You know, playing in Sydney straight up in... Probable rain, which will probably even things up, and without Grant and also Munster, you know the Tigers are paying four bucks or plus twelve and a half and a dollar ninety. I actually don't mind pulling that out to a, a plus eighteen and a half and just taking, uh, you know, a dollar sixty-eight and going for that.
0: Well, two comments I'm going to make right now. So number one, I, I cannot remember the last time you or anyone would have made the comment. I think the Storm are going to win this one. <laughs> at full almost at full strength over the tigers, you would just assume they're gonna win any, any in the last 10 years. Secondly, um the Tigers always come out of the box early and have a couple wins. Mm. Um, they always they do it every year. I think I'm not sure I can't remember whether it's the first four or six games, but they, they certainly have a, a decent forward against record before they just yeah, they they, they rip the Tigers more often become the, the West Bank Pies again or vice versa.
1: <laughs> there's, there's really good value in them, you know I, like, like he said, I agree with you, and they've got a very good record against the Storm, especially early on in the season. And and Grant and Munster mm. are really big outs. You know, Grant and Munster are huge outs for the Storm. So,
0: i four bucks is big for head to head for a fifty fifty competition, getting four to one at these nights.
1: It is very very good odds, but that's what we know. Top Sport will do. Um, and moving off this one, but before we go into the last couple of games, I do need to mention Top Sport a bit more as our sponsor of the All Stars podcast. If you are going to look at any of these bets or you want to have a crack, make sure you do it responsibly. But top sport have great odds all the time like this on NRL. So if you're going to have a go Open an account with our promo code. It's SC all one word. And if you use that promo code to open an account with Top Sport, they'll see that you're one of our listeners so they know to take really good care of you. But you can take advantage of all these odds that we're talking about with the bet of the week on each of these games. Often best in market. Four bucks for the Tigers is very, very juicy on Top Sport. So get on topsport.com.au or download the app and have a go there. Parramatta versus the Gold Coast Titans. Second last game. Big one for your eels, Billy. Let's have a look at TLT because I I find it really interesting that Nathan Brown, for your eels, is out of the 17. So we knew that Ryan Madison was probably going to be starting at 13. But looking at it, like I'm just... All the cheapies and stuff, we knew that Russell was going to be there and Pennesini was going to be there. It it was all pretty much stock standard. But Ryan Madison, we thought, was going to be at 13. But I just find it so crazy that Sean Lane... Is a starting edge, and we've got to move Ryan Madison to 13 to accommodate Sean Lane. And the offshoot of that is Nathan Brown is good enough to be in the 17. Like I just I just find that really um really interesting for Nathan Brown, who I would always have in that 17.
0: Yeah, but Brown is an absolute animal, mate. If he's not on the field, it's purely because he's he's not in the mood to kill anyone. Maybe they just did it, easy him to it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't know about that. Look, your bench is really weak. Like, I, I have to say, I think that Brown is a real good shot at coming on because they've got Makatoa on the bench, Oregon, Confuci, Ray Stone and Jake Arthur. Now, Ray Stone's going to be there to play middle or spell hooker. Jake Arthur's there as a full utility for the back line. Surely you're not going to play with just Confuci and Makatoa who is a low-minute player, uh, as your forward's off the bench. he I'd have to think that Nathan Brown comes on for this. Otherwise, it looks like huge minutes for Ryan Madison in the 13 jumper.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. But surely he's not going to play big minutes in the middle. Even our even number 13, Brownie doesn't play big minutes in the middle. Um, Maddow is surely either going to get spelled or he's going to go back to that right right edge. But I, I don't see why Maddow would start in the middle and then get rotated to, to the right edge. For a full game, whether whether one of the bench guys comes on and and um, rotates with Maddo that way, or whether whether uh, Papa Lee sort of moves up in, moves up in, into the forwards and Maddo moves onto the edge and and one of the, one of the B boppers comes into lock, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, if you if you ask me 12, twelve months ago, it's it's pretty much pretty easy to figure out the rotation. But the fact that Madison is starting a lock as opposed to edge that makes it almost impossible to pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other thing that it opens up that it made me think about too, yeah. you've only got Oregon Confuci and Makatawa as a genuine forwards off the bench, right? And we've, had a, we've discussed about Madison with that. Junior Paulo, they, this front row forward rotation that they've got, there's not a lot to spell them if it stays like it is. So I don't want to get sucked into Junior Paulo again, but if you've only got Oregon Confuci and a low minute Makatawa on the bench to spell the forwards, he's going to have to get big minutes. Like it's gonna have to get 60 plus minutes. And if it stays like that, that, that becomes a really juicy option for Paul at his price.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, how much upside is there though? Like pending the the yield return to full strength to the round two, but like is it's I don't I don't think there's enough upside to sort of take take a punt for one round with the unknown rotation. I really think it's sort of a uh, wait and see two or three rounds in.
1: Yeah, that's probably fair enough. I, I do think it's interesting. It's a big takeaway what that bench is going to be made up of when they actually play.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I still, I still think the, the the big one this year is going to be sort of Cardi. I think he plays some sort of um, key role this year. Whether it's it's probably only going to be the sort of fifteen twenty minutes off off the bench sort of early. But I do really believe that if there's an injury and that's the secondary rotation, whether it's a uh, um, Madison or Lane or, or, or Papa Lee, I really think that he starts coming on, he get, starts getting to sort of the 40, 40, 45 minutes and um, injects himself.
1: Well, Sean Russell and Pennisini are on the centre and the wing spot um, and that's their money side. And playing against the Titans, I, I'm pretty confident in not just buying both of those guys to start the year, but playing both of them in this one. I'm going to play both of them in my center wing for this week.
0: Oh, Both of them.
1: Yep, I'm going for the double, mate. I reckon that 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 money ball from Gutherson to Sean Russell, the old Seavey ball. I think that's going to be coming in.
0: Yeah, but he needs he needs to get two of them with LVS, because so he doesn't really have much upside with regards to runs. Like there's there's, there's no <laughs> there's, there's no points there unless he goes out that line. Um. I know my eels, mate, and I—I I have not had um, Sean Russell on my side once, and I took out city this afternoon. I don't want either of them.
1: That's a massive call, mate, because they've got a really nice draw for the first couple of months of the season, as we've discussed. So, I mean,
0: yeah, but yeah, but the left. But here's my take on it. Our left wing. It's, it's, he's no, they're no semi-regradable. They are no semi Like they do not have 30, 40 points in base, so they need to line-break try to score 40 points. So that, I don't want to rely on a guy getting, having two line-breaks and two tries per game in order to be able to play them. So that completely rules them out. I have no interest in left wing whatsoever. doesn't matter how, how good we sweep there. Secondly, um, it doesn't. if you look at Walker Blake, Check. Uh, anyone that's ever played center for the Eels in the last in the last three, four, five years. You show me two games back to back without score more than sixty each. I have no interest in Pennasini at all.
1: Oh yeah, I, I agree with you there. The, the center spots are terrible for for the Eels. Pennicene is just that cheap though, that I don't think it really matters when you're comparing him to the other guys as far as having him. Certainly playing him, I get that. Just having him though, like I'm surprised that you've cut him.
0: Yeah, I've got a lot of – what a, uh, let me just go through it quickly. Like, I've got – I've actually spent a bit more there. Like, I've got Momorowski, Sloan, Billy Smith and Targo starting, and I've got Swali, Balia and Shilili. There's no room for it.
1: Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, this Titans side, the, I think that the big surprise uh, – well, it's not a huge surprise, but uh, Beau Fairmore starting on an edge back row spot, um, and then we've got Kevin Proctor as Jersey seventeen. Uh, And the bench, you've got Jolliffe and Lisono that are going to be the props and Will Smith is the uh, bench utility guy. It's interesting because Bo Fermor is around that 375K mark. Um, He's a dual center wing second rower. He does really well when he's playing the bigger minutes. If he was playing 80 minutes, like I'd be all over him um, and I completely get, you know, he's got a good super coach game. I'm sure a lot of people would have put their arms up and fist pumped when Fermor was was, um, named as the starting edge. But... I think Kevin Proctor there in Jersey 17 something that we're going to have to consider. Um, he's not going to come on for David Fafita. And he's going to take, what, 20 minutes off Furmore, you reckon? Or how do you sort of see that and how do you look at Furmore for this, considering it's great that he's starting, but Proctor's still on the bench and that's his edge that Fermore's in?
0: Yeah, that's the reason I was to stay clear, clear of him. He certainly has some interest if he's playing big minutes. Um, I think in his bigger minutes games, he kind of averaged kind of 60, which is, was the interest. Like, if you can plug him down that sort of sounds three quarter spot. But he's just more of a plotter in that position. And like you said, he's not sure what the rotation is. And you've got the guy, um, you've got Proctor on, on, on the bench. So um, if, if anyone's going to come off in that team, I think I know which side is going to come off.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, the only other thing that might happen is maybe, you know, Proctor can play in the middle for Tino and go to Jersey 13. Maybe they'll try and do something like that. But I'd I'd probably rather wait and see it. But, you know, Fairmore could be a big winner out of this one. Uh, look, I don't think there's any... Well, I was going to say I don't think there's any C options, uh, but Clint Gartherson's got a pretty good matchup here and he generally has been starting the seasons really well. If you were going the Guffo pod, and I think a lot of people practice doing it because... Pappenhausen was meant to be out, and they sort of looked at it and went, "Well, Gutho's an option, and I think I quite like the Gutho Teddy combo." I know I was one of those people, and the Titans are a really good matchup for fullbacks. Gutherson, you know, would you go him over a Teddy if you had these two as a C for the Titans game?
0: Fair not to, because as you saw by sort of the, the by planning last year, you can get a bloke like Gutherson, and he can score thirty or you know, sort of a, a hundred, 150 and then. Should put your way ahead of the pack, and then the following the following the following week, um, you won't you won't put it back to back to back, and Ryan Patrick Music can make it up in half the time. So, I, w- I would you might get a a quick sort of start, but I'll tell you what, over over five rounds, I think i know who I'd be backing mate.
1: Well, top sport bet of the week for this one, we've got the Parramatta Eels dollar forty eight, Gold Coast Titans two dollar sixty five minus six line interesting i think i'm just going to take your eels at a dollar 48 head to head i don't think i'm going to muck around with too much in this one but i reckon your eels can get up mm,
0: yeah i don't know i the
1: pessimistic eel.
0: Building. no no it's, 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 it's <laughs> <all> not just <laughs> that but if you go back the, the last 20 years i'm not sure how many wins they've actually been able to string together as a start and but we do not start well we i think I think we've lost the Warriors like four or five years in a row, like round one. We just do not start well. Um, I think the last couple of years have been a little bit of an exception, but um, uh, I'll, I'll back them like I'll, I'll, I'll back, back the boys. I think we've got some good defense. I, do, I like what Brad does with the team, they've got some confidence, but um, I just don't like double 48 odds.
1: Yeah, it's not the best odds. Um, I, I do need to ask you before we move on, like, uh, for feeder is starting. And judging on the bench and everything else, like they're going to give him 80 minutes now. So he does get that extra boost in value that we were hoping for. Yep. The coach isn't going to muck around to start the season. Um, mm-hmm. But there is also, you know, the first games in Sydney, it's going to be pissing down rain more than likely. There's a, I know that I looked at it and said, you know what, paying, you know, almost 750K for a for, for feed might not be worth it if it's going to be some rainy games to start the season when I could go down to you know a Crichton for hundred k plus less and things like that. Do, are you at all perturbed from the fact that you know he might not get the attack early on or he might be playing some rain games and like a, a game like this?
0: Well, because well, um, he's a sort of like that can score sort of uh, three times the amount of, sort of the three times the amount of points that Crichton can do in sort of half the time. Obviously on dry track, wet I don't know, but I just wouldn't want to take the risk. There's why you would ask me that question. I start having to think about my team, and there's five players. That, I, think, I think there's five, like excluding cheapies. I think there's five players I've had in my team since the first draft that have not moved and will never move out of my team. And that's the of Grant Haas, the feeder, um, Tom Travovich, uh, and the Newsom.
1: Fair call. Well, let's move on to the last game in the, of the round, and that's the Cowboys and the Bulldogs. I really, I don't like the Cowboys team very much, but I really do admire the type of changes that they've made because I think that they were really needed. So certainly Lukey and, and Nani are starting back rowers now. I think they needed to move on and to look at something fresh and that does it. Tom Lolo is a starting 13, um, which is what we were told was going to happen in the last week and definitely has. The little surprise for them is that Jermaine Tanoa-Brown is starting, 270,000 as a starting front rower. He does have McLean, Dunn and Gilbert on the bench, but he doesn't need that many minutes to be relevant. So for me, that was probably the big one for the Cowboys. It made me reconsider um, to Noel Brown as a 270K front row forward, because if he's starting, you know, a lot of the bench guys that we're looking at are sort of around that price point. So may as well go for the starter with to Noel Brown. I think that was a big one that I didn't expect.
0: Yeah, I I didn't see that sort of coming, but... He's never really sort of been a big-minute sort of player. Like, he, he kind of reminds me of the, you know, the big sort of storm felt. Like, he, he can get excited about the Nelson. A sofa of Solomon is on the field, but they placed with for 35, 45 minutes, whether it's sort of starting or, or off the bench. So I just, just don't see any massive upside in him. So for me, it's kind of a, the uh, James Tamu type, type purchase. Yeah, they look bad. And they can do some stuff, but then they're off the field. And it just drives
1: you insane. So no, he's he's in no mate. Okay. I reckon that he's a bit of an option, but he's not going to give you anything phenomenal. Um with the Lukey and, and Nani combo, Mitchell Dunn was fighting out for those um edge roll for that edge roll as well before we got to the last couple of weeks. Surely one of those guys is end up gonna end up not playing eighty minutes. I have to at a guess I've guessed Nano and Dunn will come in and, and play on Nano's edge. Um, only because Lukey has played you know, a dozen first grade games, and I only played like four, so that just seemed to make a bit of sense. But it's pretty hard to pick. Like, and I don't, I'm not really a big fan of picking both of them for this round one game, like some people are doing.
0: Yeah, I'm one of those some people. <laughs> I'm just going to take a punt. I think I think their their draw is just so <laughs> like so soft, and I'm just willing to take a punt, mate. Um, I know there's some very very small sample guys, and it's kind of uh, unknown, but at that sort of price. I think You've, we talk about this all the time. Objective of the game, get more than what you pay for. I think with those two, you're just going to get more than what you pay for. So it's just more any, – anything above that sort of um, line that you pay for is obviously creamy. You just got to hope that, you know, they both don't you know, – they're both not priced at 40 and score 45. You, you really want one of them to score 60, and if the other one only scores 45, then then so be Soviet. But you put them together and you've got like basically 55 each other.
1: Yeah, I, I just couldn't do both. But I've also got Jason Tumbalalo in my second row. Um, uh, fair and enough. I'm, I'm going to keep him there. So I end up picking Lukey just because he's got more experience, but I don't think that we really know until they start, but I'm I'm going to bank on Lukey and hope for the best there out of the two of them. Um, on the other side of the fence, you know, the Bulldogs pretty close to what we expected. I don't think there's really many big super coach um, changes. Braden Burns got the center spot, but he's a bit too expensive. Um, uh, Tavita Pengai Jr., people have been jumping off him, having a look at things. I mean, they do have um, Corey Waddell there that can spell an edge, but Jack Heatherington's not going to play 80 minutes and he's on that edge. So to me, Tavita Pengai looks like he'll probably play 80 minutes based on that bench and TLT. Uh, so I think it's good news for him, but there isn't really any other big Bulldogs news that you can sort of be wowed about and change your team around for.
0: Yeah, not really interested. Like, I I was all over TPJ in the the pre-season. I thought he was going to be playing right, but when he was named on the left, it kind of took a little bit of the gloss off. Um, And then I saw, you know, the first half of the trial, and (laughs) Um, I tried to talk myself into sort of putting him back in the team, but uh, purely because he's available at the front row forward, I just kind of figured, you know what, if Arrow can do, um, if Arrow can look completely out of it, I hardly even heard his name called and still score some decent supercoated points. I think it was sort of 50 or 60. They sort of estimated him out for the game when you hardly even saw his name called with no clutch. That's what kind of sold me over it. I just kind of figured, look, I'll, I'll take him, um, take the the moron factor out of it, the flight risk and the, the, sorry, the suspension risk. So that's, uh, that's my answer there, mate.
1: Yeah, I've stuck with him. And I, I am interested in TLT as far as the, the Bulldogs bench goes because they've currently got Biondi Odo, Corey Waddell, Max King, and uh, I'm going to pronounce Chris's name wrong here. Pat Lowell, we'll go with that. Chris P. Chris P. I'll learn how to pronounce your name as you get to more games this year. But um, that bench, fairly inexperienced um, and also not big minutes aside from Waddell's played big minutes, but he's the only one. So that's that becomes a bit interesting for that pack for me. Like Luke Thompson might get an injection of big minutes because he can play them. Paul Warren maybe some extra minutes, but it's a really interesting because like the guy like Chris P. You know last year he was only playing twenty five to thirty five odd minutes. You know he's not a big minute player, and those other guys aren't really either. So it seems to say to me that Barrett's going to really. Uh, ride his forwards to decent minutes so there could be some value there with how much they're going to have to play if that bench stays the same
0: Yeah, the only one I was ever really interested in in that team is obviously the uh, the, the POM like, he just seems so aggressive and wants to rip in it kind of reminds me of an angry Nathan Brown
1: <laughs> hard, to, <laughs> hard to be angry it,
0: at. It, 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 Look, there, there might be a couple of really, really cheap guys that could potentially get some decent sort of a. Uh, um so cash from the bench. They don't have to play big minutes. So I think the doggies path are gonna sort of get rotated.
1: Yeah, I think that Max King, that Max King bench is pretty good for him because he's only averaging twenty six minutes a game on his price point. Yeah. And that bench sort of says there's not really any experience aside from Waddell on it anyway. Yeah. And he's he's gonna to have to go on and be a front row forward off the bench with decent minutes.
0: Yeah, so he he's gonna make some of the coin there for sure. Um, not, one, not not a not a sort of really sort of play unless unless you like, he, he, he's not going to be a Papa Lee, but he, he's one of those sort of blokes that, you know, priced at that, if he's going to get to sort of the 35 minutes off the bench and you really don't want to pay for a second front row forward, um, maybe there's sort of a couple hundred grand you can save, you end up sort of playing him and use that sort of 200 grand elsewhere to upgrade a key player. But um, you'd have to really sort of bank on him scoring those extra sort of 20, uh, 20 points for him.
1: Yep. Well, I think that you can put in Max King now with that TLT. I reckon even as a bench front row, he's a decent option to put as your fourth front row yeah. but But uh, as far as the game goes, like the, I, I'm quite excited for the back row of the Cowboys, all of them, 11, 12, and 13. Um, I think they could go well against this Dogs team. Uh, but on top sport, Billy, $1.95 for the Bulldogs. They're outsiders. Pretty good money. They are playing up at Townsville. But I kind of like the Dogs at $1.95. I might be... Um, might be safe and go the plus one in case it goes to golden point and get a $1.90. So I reckon I'll go for that one.
0: Um, I'm on the cows all
1: the way. 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 Yeah. It is a bit of a, it could go either way. One on that one. Look, TLT, a lot of meaty stuff. We can't talk about absolutely everything in it, but what we can do is finish off with a really fun team reveal because everyone likes to see the the teams that aren't going to win the 50 K and certainly ours aren't, but we're going to try anyway. So, Let's start off with each of our teams. Talking hookers down. My hookers. And I'm going to, before we actually say, me and Billy are probably going to have a heap of changes. We haven't had a lot of time to go through and dissect TLT and we've been playing around with our teams. But uh, this is as it is right now. Certainly going to be some changes, I'm sure. My hookers are Randall and Cook. Uh, Randall, I'm never going to go off. He's certainly going to be there. I think he's close to a must-have. Uh, cook, I've only just put back in today, Billy. So for me, I had the problem of wanting to go two cheap hookers and I just couldn't do it. Um, and Corey Pax wasn't named as a starting hooker for the Broncos. So I've had to bite the bullet and find some money. And I didn't really want to spend much at hooker, but I've just gone for Cook at the moment because I didn't want to spend up on a grant or something like that.
0: Yeah, same thought process. Randall Grant coming.
1: Randall Grant. So you're going to play Randall this week and have Grant come in for you next week, then I take
0: Yep. Yeah, we'll switch more in mate.
1: Front row forward. At the moment, I've got Payne, Haas, and Pangai starting with the cheapies of Fafita and Max King on the bench, two guys i put in after I saw today's TLT. Uh,
0: Haas and Arrow, Bullimore, and oh, I can't remember it might be Max King or something like that. Someone that will never see the light of day just to catch
1: <laughs> All right. Well, secondary forwards where it gets real interesting, uh, and I'm going to say this will probably change for me. So I actually got Fafita out today. I would like to get Fafida back in. But at the moment, it is Crichton, Talmalolo and Tupanua with a bench of Arrow, Luki and Tulagi. Oh,
0: I've got coming up. Here we go. Uh, Fafida, Aitken, Luki, Nanai, Tulagi and just Jack out for now. I do have enough.
1: Okay. Interesting. Pretty similar. I think the secondary forwards are going to be interesting how people change it around and stuff. I mean, I've got... I changed to Crichton from Fafita. How do you feel about me not having Fafita in my side with a Crichton, Tumalolo and Tupanua combo to start?
0: Well, I think Fafita has a, can score 145. I think Crichton's ceiling is kind of you know, 90, um, unless he scores a double. Uh, obviously, it's the same with Fafita. But I think Fafita just goes out. He gets close to line. He just goes over. Um, whereas it took have just attacking Prowse anywhere. I... I, I don't have Crichton for that reason. I don't think he's, he's going to be damaging enough to hurt you if you don't own him. So it's just easier, just to probably with more mid ranges. That's just my thought process there. So I, I would have Fafida in my team and, and downgrade Crichton, but that's just my thought process.
1: Well, if I put Fafida in, it's probably going to be at the expense of Crichton, so to be Crichton up to Fafida. And that's who I downgraded, actually. I downgraded Fafida to, to Crichton to be able to find money for Cook.
0: Yeah, I I just, I just, I just remember being like fully training last year. It was like round two or round three. And I didn't own Fafita because I thought, you know what? Um, let's just watch him and see how he goes, eases in. And then someone said, Oh, you know, Titans are up to 24 nil, 24 nil after instead of, you know, 25 minutes. Like, oh, as long as Fafita hasn't scored a try. And they went, I know he's all scored all four of (laughs) them. Like, what?
1: (laughs) <laughs> all right all right look I really want him in there it's uh it's hard I'm going to try and turn um someone into Fafita to be honest out of Crichton, Tomalolo, Tupanua, Arrow, Luki, Talagi the only guys locked in my second row are going to be Talagi and Tomalolo. um all the other guys could potentially go um, for different variations so Fafita is going to be my number one target I really want to fit him in Madison was a guy that I've had a lot I actually got rid of him again today So that's sort of where the second row is going for me. Halves Schneider, I think is a given. Everyone should have him. I'm sure that you do, Billy. My other halfback, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to talk about my other halfback, Billy, especially with you. I've had Cleary and then Hines and Cleary and then was excited to downgrade to Hines to have him again. And then I needed money for Cook with this bloody hooker situation. So I went down to Mitchell Moses for oh. the goal kicking and just for the price point. I, the, honestly, mate, there is no one there. I was choosing out of Moses and Curie, and I've got Moses at the moment. I'm I would prefer and I probably will try and change that to um, Nico Hines. How about Sexton? Oof. I don't think you've got much firepower there either. So don't don't laugh at my Mitchell Moses pick them.
0: Sexton would be better than Moses in my opinion,
1: mate. Well, but... uh, I uh, I don't know about that. I like Moses draw. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not um I'm not wedded to the Moses pick. Are you wedded to Sexton? Like that's Sexton and Snyder isn't gonna change for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely not. The, the only way Sexton, the only way Sexton is changing is if I upgrade McCleary. I, I don't think anyone I can't see any, any other number seven scoring um the same as same as him this early. I think he outscores Cherry Evans a lot.
1: Yeah, it's 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 going to be hard. I, I don't rate Sexton that highly, but I really don't like any of the halfbacks. I want to try and get Nico Hines in there, but who knows? Maybe Mitchell Moses gets a reprieve because of his goal kicking. And because I can't find anyone else. But the five eights for me, Lachlan Ilias is given. He should be in every team as well. In fact, everyone's bench for their halves should be Schneider and Ilias, as far as I'm concerned. But I've got Sean Johnson there. I was hoping he was going to goal kick. He's another one where. I'd really like him to be Cody Walker. Um, And another iteration that I had did have Cody Walker and Hines in my halves, but it meant that I didn't have Cook. I had like a bottom dollar hooker there. So I might explore some of those options again.
0: Yeah, I um, obviously got Elias as well, but um, I I checked on my own in there. That's, that's That's my compensation.
1: Interesting. So I did look at that. But I really wasn't comfortable having to play one of those young halves every single week.
0: Yeah, nor was I. But then I realised, look, you've got to compromise somewhere. So do I want to start like a, a a guy getting sort of 40, 50 minutes as a forward? Or do we want to rotate like a a, a guy like a Moan who actually looks dangerous when, when he's got the ball? Yeah, he might not score. Well, but worst case scenario, what he scores, what, you know, 40 to 50, best case scenario, like he – he puts an answer of 70 or an 80-up. Um, Elias is in, in one of the better teams in the comp. Yeah, it might, might take a little while to gel, but you just flip. Um, both of the guys are rated, so you just you just play them against the soft team.
1: Okay. Well, My halves, I, def- I, will, I definitely want to start two guys that are um, a bit more established and expensive, but that's probably the one place in my team that's going to have the most change before we actually kick off. Um, I'm, I doubt that Moses and Johnson are going to stick there, to be honest. Centre wing, Aitken, Billy Smith, Amone, Russell, Targo, Penasini and Valia. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with most of those guys. Uh, obviously, Aitken is the guy that I spent on um, and the rest of the guys I've gone cheap. I would have loved to have had a 2 Aitken combo to build a foundation there, but I just couldn't afford it and that's where I had to sacrifice a couple of weeks ago to sort of make my team fit a bit better.
0: Yeah, I've spent a bit here. I've gone... Um um momorowski um so right chooks right wing uh sloan fullback targo like everyone and obviously billy smith so i think my four starters are pretty reasonable and i've got uh Swali, balia and chiller just as cashies on the bench or Swali there in case uh, one of those chooks goes down i'll just rotate them
1: okay interesting I so that's where your that's probably where a lot of your halves money's gone without sacrificing one of your starting halves to be able to put the extra money in your center wing to have two of those expensive guys. Yeah. Okay. Correct. I like the idea and I did that as well. I'm not a fan of uh I'm not a big fan of Sloan and Momo though. So interested to see how that one plays out. But my fullbacks are different than yours too. Tedesco and Pappenhausen. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, I'm really comfortable with Tedesco and and I'm not that worried about not having Turbo to start, but you are Turbo and I've gotten rid of Teddy yeah. now.
0: Turbo, I'm happy.
1: hurts my heart, Billy, mm-hmm. that you have cut Tedesco. Are you worried at all? Have you thought about it um, a lot? Do you think there's a potential oh. for you to change from Puppy to Teddy?
0: Oh, hell no! On. The only reason I had Teddy in the, in in the first place is because I heard Pappy was uh was injured and um, potentially not going to be healthy for round run. It's the only reason I had Teddy in there. Like I I would love to have Teddy in there, but unfortunately the two guys in the comp that are going to, in my opinion, score more a lot more than him are in the same position.
1: Absolutely blasphemous! I don't know how I have, don't <laughs> know how I have you on this podcast talking about my boy Tedesco like that. But we're going to have to finish it there, Billy. It was an exciting TLT. It was a fun team reveal. I like some of my team better than yours. I'm going to steal some of your guys and that I do like and put them in mine. <laughs> uh,
0: but thanks for jumping on. Good luck with this week. Always a lot of fun, mate. Thanks for having me, brother.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Great first TLT for Supercoach. Uh, if you're trying to download or stream us, you can do it everywhere, but especially SoundCloud, iTunes and also Spotify. Make sure that you subscribe on all or any of those and you'll get the episode straight away as they drop. Make sure that if you go onto our sponsor, topsport.com.au, that you gamble responsibly, but use the promo code SCALLSTARS. Make sure that you use the promo code, really important. And also make sure that you follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore ALLSTARS. As far as the rest of the week goes, we've got a great episode at the end of the week that will drop on Friday, which will be a talking footy episode. No super coach in that one, just chatting NRL. And there's a lot to talk about. I can give you a hint. We're going to be talking drones um, and maybe a couple of other things as well. So great episode to tune in at the end of the week. Good luck with your teams for this week, guys. It's week one. Hammer the next few days. Shut your wives out. Shut your girlfriends out. Shut your boyfriends out. Shut your family out. Shut everybody out. Got to put in the hours this week to make sure you get your teams right. I'm sure that they'll all understand and come back to you next week. Look forward to chatting again then. Thanks very much for listening. (laughs)